Hello and welcome back to the True North Canadian Football Podcast. I'm your host, Jimmy Leach. You can follow me on Twitter at Jimmy Leach CFL. I'm Taylor Curry, and you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Taylor Curry SK. I'm Carter Kennington. You can follow me on Instagram at Carter Kennington and on Twitter at CJK underscore Carter. You can find the podcast social media if you search True North CF Podcast on Twitter and Instagram and True North uh, Canadian Football Podcast on Facebook. You can also listen to the show on Spotify, SoundCloud, YouTube, and Apple Podcast. So let's jump into the CFL news quickly here. Naaman Roosevelt has signed with the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. So the meme of them liking the rider sloppy seconds continues. So what (laughs) what do we think of this sign-in? Just I'm curious, like he can play Labor Day. I think he could have an impact. That's all I'm gonna say so far. (laughs) Um. Well, I mean, a big issue for the Winnipeg Blue Bombers was drops, right? And with I I saw I think it was Derek Taylor, uh, our boy, um, made a big I uh, like made a, a list of like some of the best uh, receivers in terms of like uh, receptions or targets and drops, and he only had like one point seven percent drops out of like four hundred targets. Yeah, he's so, one of the stickiest receivers. He's reliable, in the yeah, yeah, which is something that we need right now. So. I'm really excited for that. Um, I think if we have a weakness on offense, it is our receiving core. I like who we have. We just don't have enough of them. So True. I think this is a really good pick. Like the only receiver I really like in Winnipeg, is, I'm going to be honest, is just Kenny Lawler and maybe Nick Dembski. But like, man, that, that's Martavius Bryant. Oh, yeah, he's with the Argos. Oh, sorry. No, I was uh, wrong name. Rashid Bailey. That's Rashid why I started. Bailey oh, he's all right. He's, 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 lighting shaping, up. he's shaping up to have a career year. He might, he might break 1,000 this year. Maybe. We'll see. I just, I'm surprised Ottawa didn't sign Roosevelt or Kenny Stafford yet with how bad that offense is. Hmm. Well, just a quick note on Kenny Stafford. I've seen he's starting up his camps again in the States, so it doesn't sound like anyone's even like, yeah, they're not calling him or nothing, so. Oh, like it just doesn't. Yeah, it doesn't, people like he just he's getting his home base set back up. So it doesn't seem like he's coming back up. All right. So Elks offensive lineman Jacob Ruby has been cut due to violating uh, COVID protocol. Initially, it was reported that he lied about his status, about being vaccinated. That isn't true. What actually happened was. He had called a massage therapist who is not with the team and supposedly got uh, got COVID from them and spread it around. And apparently some of the players' wives also had COVID. So I guess that's the story Edmonton's rolling with here. Jeez, holy. I didn't hear that part yet. That's not good. Don't break COVID violations, and that sucks for Edmonton because they lose a uh, Canadian offensive lineman right there. Like that, that hurts. That sets a really strong precedence as well. Oh yeah, like because that's a really valuable player. Yeah, like you got starting offensive lineman Canadian, and you're cutting him straight up. And I think he should be cut because you can have your own opinion on the COVID vaccine, but follow the guidelines that you're set within. You know exactly. Yep, 
And then we're going to jump to riders and Elks who require vaccinations or a negative COVID test for games. I'm excited about this. This, yeah. this is good. <laughs> it's about it's about time they caught up with the rest of the league. And I'm excited. I I wonder what the process is going to be for someone like me who's making their way from uh from Winnipeg or well just from Manitoba in general over to Saskatchewan because I'm assuming we're not going to have the same system of vaccinations things. Yeah. You'll have like, to probably provide some sort of uh, proof of vaccination. I would. Oh, I have. I have a like in Manitoba. They have a card yeah. that you get. Like yeah, same here. But I would just okay. call uh, the ticket office and say you're coming from Manitoba, and is it okay if you use that, or do you need something else? Just yeah. Just so you and Brandon don't go the gate of the game, and be like, oh, this isn't valid. You know, we go into the casino. Baby. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Right there yeah you, you guys are degenerates. You'll be hitting the casinos. Yeah, we're going to be, um, you know, betting money on the coin toss on how long the kickoff is, you know, everything. <laughs> <laughs> you see, did you see it like the Super Bowl? Um, the sorry to go on a little bit of a tangent, but you can make a bet on the coin toss. And oh yeah, there's a billion things you can make it for anything. For some reason, for some reason it wasn't 50-50 on the coin toss. <laughs> I think like heads had a slight advantage. And it's well, like, what? It's probably because there's been more heads than tails. Who knows? Yeah, you can yeah, you can usually even bet on like uh how long the anthem goes for. True. Oh yeah, that's a popular one. I know we were talking about that in the chat once. But alright. Let's jump into some CFLers who are currently in the NFL. Some made it and some didn't. Uh, Mark and Michelle, formerly of the Stampeders, is waived by the Eagles. So is Nate Hawley of the Dolphins. Both of those guys are ex-Stampeders. Speaking of ex-Stampeders, Trey Roberson was also waived by the Chicago Bears. Winston Rose was waived by the Bengals. Shepley by the 49ers. And I believe those were all the players who were waived. So let's get... Oh, no. Uh, James Vodders was also waived. Canadian quarterback Brett Rippon was also waived by the Broncos. And, yep, uh, that looks like that's it. So let's go to the guys that made it. Canadian defensive tackle Michael Hoyt made the LA Rams. Reggie Bagleton made the Packers practice roster. Brandon Zilstra made the 53-man roster. Nice. And Sam McGuavin made the 53-man roster for the Dolphins. And I believe yeah, those are the guys who made it. And we had a crazy game in preseason, so I, you couldn't cut him. Hey, don't, yeah. And don't forget Chris Strebler, though. He he didn't get cut either. He's still well, on that 53. Strebler actually played last year somehow, so That's true. he's safe. Yeah, <laughs> yeah uh, I mean, he's been, uh, I mean, he's been working on his craft. It doesn't help that, like, Ah, uh, that I'm not gonna. Uh, I I mean, while I'm on the subject, I might as well just be like, they used him wrong, and then got used that as an opportunity to just joke on the CFL. And then let's yeah. jump into, I guess this last piece of news. I think Taylor, this must have been you, your boy, <laughs> Ron Carter, recently tweeted he's not good enough to play in the CFL because no one has signed him. Uh, yeah, well, is he good yeah. enough still to play in the CFL? Well, it's, I actually had a talk at work about that today, and I, I I like the guy, but it seems like he's 
or people have the perception of him that he's a problem in the locker room or something like that yeah. and that he's got an attitude and that's why he's not going to join another team in this league but he's the head coach of a school in Florida and they got I think their first win on Friday or Saturday so he seems to be doing all right um he's definitely talented enough I can tell just by this tweet and some of the other things that he's done throughout his playing career I don't think he's mentally tough enough to play any form of professional oh. football that's an interesting take. Ooh. All right, like, I, I welcome the spice. He's had he's had fights. He goes on tangents against fans on Twitter. He is literally like, like he could make a burner and tweet the exact same things, and nobody would care, and he'd be a Twitter nobody. <laughs> so the fact that he's doing that with the platform that he has is ridiculous. Fair point. I guess I don't know. It is kind of cool to see the players like. Show a little personality, but at the same time, I totally get where you're coming from. Where personality, you wouldn't want that on your like, team. Yeah, personality and literally fighting your. Well, we have an insider. Not... We have an insider who talked about that fight. He was not the one that instigated that fight. It was the other guy. It was I, Chris Jones that you instigated gotta be, that fight. You gotta be no, but I don't care. You are an athlete. You're like I get that. It's like a if your thing, head coach like, tells you day, to go fight somebody. I mean. <laughs> After, him, after a tough play, to it's off. like, I don't know, man. You might not be there the next day, but uh, he yeah. wasn't. <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> but I don't know. For me, it's like, would I take Deron Carter over every single Ottawa receiver except for Ryan Davis and RJ Harris? So yeah. all of their American receivers, basically, except for two, I would, you know, Take over Deron Carter, or I'd take Deron Carter over them. So, but you got to remember, yeah, didn't he also have a? Didn't he also have a fight in like a big altercation in Montreal? There was a small. Yeah, that was Rick like Campbell. a. That was a practice thing. Oh, the Rick Campbell one. Yeah, that was dumb. Well, and and on the field, he ran into the yeah Ottawa there was head a, coach at the time. There was something at a scrimmage in practice where he got a little rough, but there was video and it just it was like a normal thing that happened. Wasn't it him and Rakeem Cato? That yeah, fought? it was him and Rakeem Cato. <laughs> Shout out to Rakeem and Kato. and I think it was Kenny Stafford and like. That, Kenny That's, Stafford and him are related. They're like cousins or I was, something. Yeah, I was going to say him and Duran are cousins. So, yeah, yeah, so it is what it is there. I saw yeah. the video of it. it it's, not, it's not like a brawl. It's like, you know, people getting tough at a football camp. It's, it's not anything bad. Like, we had a couple fights at Riders training camp. It's normal, you know? Where mm-hmm. they talk about how uh, some young guy who's trying to earn a spot is kind of going a little too hard on a veteran. The veteran gets mad. Like, uh, it happened with Dan Clark and Garrett Marino, and it's like anyone in Saskatchewan knows Dan Clark is like the one of the nicest dudes around, you know. So I don't see anyone saying he's a problem and he's getting into fights, you know. So I don't know. That guy, that guy gave me front row tickets to the game in the That's last sick. season. Yeah, nice guy. All right, so let's jump into the, uh, a recap of last week's games. Hamilton downed Montreal 27-10. So my first question is, is Hamilton back? Uh, I, I think so, in, in a way. Like, I don't think they were gone anywhere. They just had some struggles at the start of the year. But in that game, too, Montreal just kept shooting themselves in the foot, and that did not help, or that helped Hamilton, too. So, yeah. Yeah, I saw the um on the takeaways on the CFL website. 
um they were talking about how like vernon adams is like really really tough on himself and it's like i just i yeah i, I feel like believe it yeah well like he was like apparently like hitting himself in the helmet like like because he was angry at himself and so i like when i see something like that it makes me think that it's more of a struggle with montreal for me yeah uh i just think even in the calgary game it was like okay va had an off game whatever and then i guess this is another off game for him but i mean you know i think it's more of that but Hamilton didn't look bad either. They looked on point for their offense was moving the ball, so that's a good thing. They haven't had yeah. before, so. Yeah, we kind of talked about this. How long is VA's leash and what's his problem? Well, I, I don't think they're going to throw Matthew Schultz in right away. Like, they're they're invested in Vernon, but it, they have, in my opinion, sorry, what his problem is, is he is just looking for the big plays and not the the key plays where he can come back and like or do good. So uh, they don't have to all be 30-yard bombs, you know, something like that, or 60-yard passes. It can be a 10-yard run or a 5-yard pass, something like that. But he's just looking downfield too much. Um, I think Vernon Adams' leash is as long as anybody in the league, to be honest. Um, mm-hmm. I don't, I don't think they, yeah, like you said, they're invested. I don't think they do anything to really jeopardize that right now. Um. But yeah, with his problem, I, I can't help but but agree. You're, you're just it's almost like what Masoli was doing, right? Yeah. So, you know, you see how far that got him, and like I will say, Vernon Adams is lucky that he doesn't have a guy like Dane Evans waiting in the wings, right? Exactly. So I think he's got a longer leash, just because like I feel like you know Schultz isn't as proven as Dane Evans. So yeah, I feel like he's got another bad game, and then after that they see. Uh, they might pull up and go to Schultz if that happens, but I think if they lose, they, they really like Schultz too. Like people forget, they pulled him out of. He was uh, a retired accountant in Montana uh, after they cut him, and they persuaded him to come back and play football. So this is a guy that they actually like in Schultz. So I mean, yeah, VA struggled, but. At the same time, he's proven that he can get it done. I think they just... Kahari sits down with him and says, Hey, you don't have to do everything, which, in my opinion, VA is just trying to do too much right now. So he's just got to slow it down and progress and uh, play. Hold on. This week. Oh, it was Ottawa. I'm just making sure. It is. Yeah, so they're playing Ottawa, so he'll have a chance to do that against, uh, you know... The basement team. He'll have a chance to slow down and work on his game. He'll, they'll win, so. And then, does Dane Evans make the team better or worse uh, than it was with Mazzoli in there? Yeah, that that's interesting, because he might not have had as many passing yards, but he had two touchdowns, no turnovers, and he even ran a bit, and it wasn't Brandon Banks, just Brandon Banks getting the ball. Like, Dunbar had catches, Acklin had a catch. You know, they... They spread it around, and sorry, they had a run game. Like, that was key, and they haven't been able to do that. So, I don't know if it's Dane as much, or it's their offense got better. I don't know if you're, like, I don't know if this is a trick question, but, like, I feel like the answer has to be it's better with Dane Evans, right? Like, I I don't know. It's just, like, 
we were sitting there talking about their like offensive woes and all of that and like the struggle was just like i don't know they just couldn't get it going they switched to Dane evans and now progress right like i just i yeah you can't make a case any other way at least yeah. not right now even though i know dt brought this up uh he said that the two are passing wise statistically similar but Mazzoli adds that run game but you know, stats aren't everything, and I think Dade Evans just obviously has a bit better of a connection with these guys. I don't know why, uh, but yeah, I'm not sure. Uh, for me, it's just that's why. So, for our next game here, BC. Uh, demolished Ottawa 24 to 12. So, my question is Is Ottawa back in the basement? Uh, well, it, it kind of seems that way. They're, uh, they're not doing too good. Their defense, like, their defense doesn't look the worst, but they can't keep up for four quarters when they're on that much. And, uh, yeah, it's uh, Matt Nichols. It's tough. I don't think he's like, he had his first 200 yard game and, uh, I don't know when his Yikes. next one will be. Like, it seems like he's hurt. He's bad, um, man. He's washed. Uh, all I will say is Ottawa is not back in the basement. The only reason we're having this discussion is because Edmonton didn't have a shot to lose. Ooh. Hey, hey, so, Edmonton looked good the week before this all happened. So I, I would put yeah, but, Ottawa below them right now. But Ed, like Edmonton still is holding an L from Ottawa, and like I don't true, care. True, but that's, that was week rough. one, and Ottawa beat some good teams last year in their first couple weeks too. Like, they were still garbage. I just, I just don't like putting them over a team that literally did not play, fair and, right, and not and and not because they didn't have a buy. If they had a buy, completely different story. But oh. that's that's. I'm coming with fire today. Hey, man, you are, you are coming with the spice, and I love, love it. it. Yep. And then after you watch this game, do you believe Mike Riley is a hundred percent? Oh, he he seemed I mean he's throwing three hundred yards. He got that touchdown on the goal line there. It doesn't seem like he's slowing down right now. Like he seems to be doing good. The rest of the team just needs to get behind him. They need to get the run game going and that O line needs to protect him because he's got one of the best receiving cores in the league with Lucky Whitehead and uh, Brian Burnham and mm. Lamar Durant, like right there, and Shaq Johnson. Like, that's that's pretty good. So, yeah, the other guys just got to step up. Um, I wouldn't say Mike Riley's at 100%. I'd say he's close. I'd say he's at like 80 to 90%. Um, obviously, keep him in because he's just going to get better as the season goes on. But I think in maybe like um, what they have to buy this week. So in two weeks time, probably going to say that he's at 100% if he keeps this up. I'd say if he isn't 100%, he's damn close because yeah, he looked really good that game, and he was one of the guys that kind of helped save my week in fantasy, so <laughs> I I'm giving him a thumbs up there. And then our last question for this game here. Is Matt Nichols the guy in Ottawa? He's been absolutely terrible, like you said, Taylor. His first 200-yard game like usually, uh, especially in the CFL, three hundred is the benchmark. So yeah. if he if he's only getting two hundred, like wow, that's bad. Yeah, I just I don't know. I 
like they don't have many other options. Like you saw Dom Davis last year, and unless he took some major steps this year, which it doesn't seem like, uh, like it, yeah, it's just I think they're going to keep him in for now. But I think they're really starting to look around to see what they can do. Um, I don't think he's the guy, but I think he can be if they just literally what they have to do is they literally they got to do what they did in Winnipeg with him. Because it wasn't a plug and instant success with Matt Nichols. It was a, let's build a team around this guy. Let's see what his strengths and weaknesses are. And like his main strength is that if you put him into a clutch situation, he can get it done, but he needs to have a really good, like he needs to have a supporting cast around him. He does not have a solid running back like he did in Winnipeg. And that is something so like, yeah, and like Matt Nichols needs to be able to stretch the field out and like use other people to do that. And so when he's not getting any support from like the running backs, it makes it really tough on him because like, oh, you know, they're going to do a play action and whatever. Like it doesn't really it doesn't have the same impact as if he was doing it in Winnipeg, you know? Yeah, I get what um, you mean. Um, but I oh, go yeah, for I, no, I'm just I. I think he can. He is not right now, probably won't be until halfway through the season. If that if they even fix the issues. But I think he could be. I'm just frantically looking at Ottawa's other quarterback options here. Uh, they have four quarterbacks. Uh, two are on the practice roster. Obviously, we talked about the other two. Uh, the two on the PR are Tyron Christian and Caleb Evans. I'm still waiting on the stats to pull up for Christian, so we're going to talk <laughs> about Caleb. Caleb played... Oh, wait, what school is that? Hold on. This is a really weird-looking school. Just one second. It's not oh, Louisiana, right Louisiana yeah. Monroe. That's the school. Okay. He had a 61% completion percentage, about 3,000 yards passing, 21 touchdowns, 10 interceptions in his last year. I mean, those numbers aren't terrible, but still, I, I don't know. Like, these guys, uh, they got a quarterback. They're not bad. I mean... Oh, the other guy looks a little bit better. Christian has better numbers. Um, 3,000 yards, what is it, 32 touchdowns and 8 interceptions. So, Mm. I think he also has a little bit of NFL time as well, so he might be the guy they go to next if something goes wrong, but, I mean, is Montel Cozart still around? The young Calgary guy who had a lot of promise? Because that's who I would be calling if I was Ottawa, because he has some CFL experience. So, other than that, like they're screwed at quarterback. They have nobody. Yeah. I mean, I oh, I was, I was thinking about it. Um, and I I hate how this is a negative thing because some guys are just built like this and they can do really well. Um, but I think Matt Nichols is just a system quarterback, which is okay. But they just don't have the system. Game manager. That's hey, that he that is. hat. That hat, sh- uh, that hat sold a lot when they won the cup. That's the that's the, <laughs> he he's the Josh Ro he he pulled the Josh Rosen. I should have bought one of those hats. They were selling them at the social, and I should have bought one. Yep, it's the same as the Josh Rosen when he said there were nine mistakes taken before me, and he's been a bum ever since. Matt Nichols did the same thing when he had one good game. He's like, oh, I'm not so much of a game manager now. So yep, yep, yes, you are. Very much so. <laughs> and speed and from one bad quarterback to two good ones, 
Winnipeg beat Calgary on a missed field goal by Calgary. Oh. Uh, 18 to 16. So I gotta ask, after two games, are you on the Jake Mayer hype train? Well, uh, like he's he's not gonna take Bo's job by any means, but he is doing a good job for what playing two games now. Sorry, uh, yeah, like he, I think you know people weren't expecting this of him, and they were kind of wondering why they didn't put O'Connor in instead. So yeah, it seemed it's it's working out really good for him. I mean, hey, if um, I'll I'll start what I'm gonna say with if you told a Calgary fan that Bo Levi Mitchell was going to get injured and the backup to start was going to go one and one against Montreal and Winnipeg, I'd take it. Um, I think to for me to get on the uh, the mayor train, I need to see him win next week. It doesn't have to be a blowout. Ooh. doesn't have to be does, like it. It doesn't have to be a blowout. It could be close. It could be a one point game. I don't care. As long as he gets it done against Edmonton, I will be on the hype train. I mean, he went toe to toe with Probably the best team that was playing this week and nearly won. So I, I'm fully on board the mayor hype train. I still want Michael O'Connor to get a shot somehow, somewhere, but mayor is legit. Hey, maybe that's who Ottawa gets. They call them for O'Connor. Especially, oh, there you go. He's an Ottawa kid. Why not? You know? Call him be like, hey, we'll give you Dom Davis and some picks for him. See if they take it. And then, but yeah, I'm 100% on the mayor hype train. For sure. And then, has Calgary looked better under mayor than Bo this year? This is, Carter, you've been coming with some heat, so this one's kind of set up for you. Has Calgary <laughs> looked better under mayor than, well, I mean, this year, yes. Come on. Like, has, has a rookie quarterback looked better than a quarterback who broke his leg and then they forced him to <laughs> hobble out onto the field and throw like 80,000 interceptions? Yes. Like, I don't, like, I don't know. I, I, like Meyer looked, or I keep calling him Meyer. Mayer looks better than Bo because Bo got hurt. I mean, if Bo was healthy this year, this would be a no contest because Bo would just still be playing. Yeah. But I mean, I, again, yeah, I don't think, like if if I'm a Calgary fan, I am breathing a heavy sigh of relief because of how good Mayer's been looking. Axe. I just, yeah, no, that, I absolutely. Well, no, I just I I think yeah, like I agree with Carter. It's just he looks better than a broken quarterback right now. But I don't think he like yeah. When Bo's better, he'll get his job back, and then maybe Mayer will go somewhere else, and we'll talk about him again. But if not, we're probably not going to hear much about him. If I'm Ottawa, I'm on the phone. If uh. When Bo comes back and Mayor starts sitting as the backup, I'm I'm on the phone with them ASAP. But yeah, he's definitely looked better, and I think there might be a discussion if Mayor continues to improve and he keeps this up for like four more weeks, and we go from there. But yeah, overall, yeah, he's really good. And then what? Are your thoughts on Andrew Harris's return? Well, he had a good, uh, I mean, a good game for a first game, you know, in what, 600 and plus days. Like, yeah, he played well. He helped them get that win. And, uh, you know, he got, a, he got that nice goal line touchdown there and was pretty happy to celebrate. So, yeah, no, it's uh, not, not happy to face him on uh, Sunday for sure. <laughs> um, I will say I, 
I wasn't crazy impressed. I don't think that's how he's going to look all year. I don't think that's how he's going to look next week. I think he's going to look exponentially better next week. But I think this is like, you know, this is his version of game of week one. Um, You know, you got to get the shake the cobwebs off, get back at it. And now that he's had a little bit of feel, like bit of field time, uh, cut his teeth. If you know that saying, he'll be uh, he'll be ready to go come Labor Day. Yeah, no doubt for me. I didn't notice him that much, but he put up a really nice stat line, and I think he's back. So, yeah, I want to see him against Saskatchewan's D-line, because that defensive line for Saskatchewan is legit. So, I kind of mm-hmm. want to see if they can stop him in Week 2, or if he's going to run through him. And then, let's quickly do our power rankings. Uh, For me, I have Saskatchewan. They're still the best. Winnipeg. I moved Calgary up because they were within a field goal of beating Winnipeg. If Perez had a slightly better leg or Brett Lowther was kicking that, Calgary would have won that game. So, And then I got Toronto, BC, Hamilton, Edmonton, Montreal, and then Ottawa. Nice. Yeah, I got uh, Sask at number one. Just not going to put him down on a bye week. Winnipeg's... Uh, Stays at two, I believe. I think I had them there last week. Yeah, they're just that was a good win. Uh, Toronto stays at three. They it wasn't their fault that they didn't play this week, and they played good last week against Winnipeg. So I'm going to keep them up there. Then I got BC, Calgary, and Hamilton in the middle, and Montreal, Edmonton, and Ottawa. Montreal so low just because they have some issues that they're they're like yeah they're just trying to go too hard. And uh, yeah, Edmonton just I mean they couldn't play, and Ottawa didn't have a good game. So yeah. Um, I'm going Saskatchewan, even though they're on the bye week, um, undefeated season so far, they're three and oh, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, okay. Um, then after that, I've got Winnipeg. I mean, it's pretty clear that, you know, prairie life is good life in the CFL. Thanks. Um, I've got Toronto and the reason why I've got to- uh, Toronto above Calgary is because yes, Calgary got close, but Toronto got the job done. Uh, so Ooh. I got Toronto. I got Toronto three, Calgary four, BC five, Hamilton six, Montreal seven. I've got Ottawa on eighth, and then I've got a COVID basement, which has got Edmonton. <laughs> Damn, you're grounding the Alex. I'm, uh, I respect hey, it, but same time, I, I don't know every, if they're the worst team. This, I feel like the league is going to do a BC Lions situation here when they were screwing around with their quarterback situation. They're just going to let it slide. And they oh, yeah. the same thing when Toronto went like a hundred thousand or however far they went over the cap. It's ridiculous. Yeah, like, the CFL has been all bark and no bite this year when it comes to enforcing the, the rules they set. The least I the least I can do is put them in the COVID basement. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. Like they got to get punished somehow. They might as well be put in a COVID basement. Yeah. What What does the COVID basement look like? Just if you had to um, visualize the COVID basement. So imagine it's just it's just a hospital, but it's empty except for the one team. <laughs> just a barren hospital. It's like The Walking Dead, where Rick Grimes just wakes yeah, up and it's yeah, like yeah. there's just the elk players well, wandering around. That that would be hilarious, but and there's referees guarding the doors. <laughs> yeah, Andre Pruz is like the one who's translating <laughs> everything into French. Yeah. <laughs> Lunch is on the third floor, and it will be at 3 p.m. <laughs> All right, and then real quick, actually, we're going to jump into fantasy. Uh, best positional options. 
just because uh, I know we're in a, an apocalyptic storm, and then full disclosure, I have a fantasy draft in a couple minutes here, but we're going to try to run through that part uh, before we break here. So, see about fantasy best positional options. I got, uh, for quarterbacks, Nick Arbuckle at $9,726. And Jake Mayer at 7000 Is there any other quarterback that you would add? No. The other ones are too expensive. It's Nick Arbuckle this week. Yeah, 100%. It was like I was debating going on... Uh, I was debating going Caleros, but I already had a couple of bomber guys on there. And and yeah, over 10000 I got to really like him to go with him. So I'm going Arbuckle. Yeah. I, I'm rocking with Jake Mayer this week. So we'll see what happens. And then... Nice. Running backs, I got Andrew Harris. Uh, I know some of y'all are surprised, but at the same time, as much as I make fun of him for being a steroid abuser, I also love that he's so reliable in fantasy. So, uh, I, he is in my lineup at ten thousand four hundred and one dollars. Uh, James Wilder at eight thousand fifty-seven. Standback at uh. 7,680. Beam Carey at 7,652. And Sean Thomas Erlington at $6,073. Any guys you would add in there? No, I got uh, Kadeem Carey and James Wilder in my lineup this week. So, yeah, that's that's a way to roll. Uh, I'm taking the big money. I'm going with uh, I'm going with Harris on this one. I said I think he's going to step up, and I think he does. Ooh. So. Same. Let me see. Who do I have as my running? Uh, I have Carrie and Harris. So I've got. Uh, I wanted I, to get I, Wilder, but I couldn't. I went big spenders with. I, I got a couple of decent priced receivers, so I had to take a bit of a downgrade on one. I got a uh, Harris and uh, Williams. Nice. Like Terry Williams. Oh, that's bad. <laughs> Let me <laughs> see. What what is Terry Williams' price even in this? Uh, thirty five hundred. Thirty five. Bro, Ottawa's starter is cheaper. Take 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 them. Take that uh, Ryan Flanders Davis, dude. Or... Oh, no. Davis is injured, isn't he? Uh, Flanders is hurt, yeah. Plus, he's been a bum all year. So take the Ryan Davis guy who actually was half decent. Uh, Justin Davis? Yeah, Justin Davis. He's actually... Yeah. Uh, later on, so we're going to talk about 45 him. Yards. And then let's jump into our wide receivers here. Uh, I got Kyron Moore at $9,391. Kenny Lawler at $7,877. Jake Wynicki at $7,018. BJ Cunningham at $6,338. Navaris Daniels at $6,051. Josh Huff at $5,039. Round out that group of receivers. Anybody else you would add in there? Well, I got... Uh... My first pick's a value pick. I got Paul McRoberts. Then I got BJ Cunningham and Jalen Acklin. So uh, yeah, that's that's how that's how I'm rolling this week. Um, for the wide receivers, yeah, I have got BJ Cunningham, Richardson, Danny, and Jake Weinicke. Oh, nice. I, I got Weineke. Josh Huff because Josh Huff has been money with Jake Mayer. BJ Cunningham because he is the best fantasy floor of anyone in the CFL. Don't at me. <laughs> And Paul McRoberts is my uh, receivers. So, yeah, uh, I sense a theme going on, and some of those guys we're going to talk about in value picks. Uh, 
And for defense, uh, I don't recommend picking a defense this week, but if you are going to pick a defense, I recommend Montreal's defense at $3,340. Or take that router defense for $5,700. Not against the Bombers, no thank you. I feel like that's a bit pricey. I am trying to get negative points for five grand. Hey, I'm just saying, I think it's going to be a big weekend for the Saskatchewan defense. That's all I'm going to say. Oh, man. And I'll say this. Uh, you know what? Um, I, I want to actually go over something. First of all, I'm not going with the defense this week. But uh, if you guys have your fantasy open on a different tab, I do. What is uh, what's your highest scoring week, and what week was it? Oh God, like that's how like, many points? That's a get? really good question. Uh, few results. Oh, it's a tie for me between week one and last week. Uh, how many? Like how many points? Seventy-seven point five. No way, yeah. bro! You're gonna get. You guys are gonna get so heated. Why? What's yours? Carter's probably my like 110 is, or something. No, my my highest is 85.1. Nice. But 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 here's the kicker: I had Nathan Rourke as quarterback week two, and he didn't play, so Bruh. I had a zero point quarterback and still wow. had 85 points. Bruh. That's a good week. Yeah, mine's I, week three, 76 um, points. Yeah. Yeah, like. I, I had I had BJ Cunningham and Kenny Lawler combined for 80 points and 11 oh. points from the uh, bomber defense. There you go. That was <laughs> that was also my bad week, Carter. Uh, week two. So thanks for rubbing that in. That was the week uh, I had. NBT my, who got me all of 70 yards, and my, I also had Shaq Evans who had one catch for 18 yards and then got hurt. My worst week was week three, where uh, I had Milanovic Litre and Shaq Johnson combined for a whole 2.1 points. Yeah, I could have told you that was a bad idea. <laughs> and, yeah. I had a, then, I got a, sorry, I got a good one here. Week two was my worst. I had McLeod Bethel Thompson, 2.8 points. And who was the other worst one? Quan Bray only had four points. Everyone else did pretty bad, too. Um, my best performer that week was Kyron Moore with 15.6. And then the Winnipeg defense went nuts with um, 13 points. I'm trying to see. Carter, are you in the group chat fantasy league? I don't think I am. Bruh, are you in the podcast fantasy league? I just want to no, see where I just we're all vibe at. On my own. I just vibe on my own. Dude, join our leagues. What are you doing? And... If you are a fan of CFL Fantasy, we do have a fantasy league if you want to search us up. Public, uh, what is the league called? Because we did a name change. So let me see if it's still... It's True, it's North, True North Canadian. Canadian Football Podcast. So it is our current name. Go search us up. Want to join our fantasy league? Go and do that. So There's about eight of us right now. So yeah, come join. Yeah. And then for value picks, we got Justin Davis at 3500 Paul McRoberts at 2500 Ryan Davis at 2500 Obviously, given the trend, everybody after this is 2500 Stephen Dunbar, Shai Ross, and Nate Bahar. Is there anyone else you guys would recommend in there? No. Paul McRoberts, that's all I'm saying. He's going to have a good game, I think. They're going to really utilize him. Um, no, I don't really think there's anybody else in the value picks, no. All right, so quickly, let's do our locks here. Uh, for me, it's BJ Cunningham. Like I said, with such uncertainty in this league, you want somebody who has the uh, extremely low floor. And that is hard to find with guys who are not like 10 grand and above. So getting BJ Cunningham is a great move. And especially against a really bad Ottawa team, he's definitely going to get above 10 points. Yeah, good point. 
that's yeah, that's kind of why I think I'm taking uh, James Wilder Jr. for my lock this week. I think uh, with the extra week off here, kind of worked out probably for him. Got some rest, and uh, he should do good against that Calgary defense. Uh, for my lock, I've got Andrew Harris. I think that he's going to do really well. I think again, I said I think he's going to play really, really well. Um, earlier. And I think in Labor Day, he's going to really come into his own, sort of remind everybody that, oh, yeah, this man doesn't age. So <laughs> at least that's Facts. what I'm hoping for. Facts. I mean, he's pricey. He's pricey. And I think this is the most I've ever spent on a single player and like for all my time of doing fantasy. But yeah. he's worth it. Andrew Harris is probably the only guy I've spent big on. Like, just yeah. because he is a guy that is always going to get points. And it's like there aren't very many of those. They got Brandon Banks at thirteen thousand. I just yeah. I was about to mention who runs this. Uh, why do oh. you have Banks at thirteen k still? Uh, just curious because he has been bad, and he's supported my narrative of he's not the best receiver in the CFL. It's Brian Burnham, but hey. All right, so now we're back with our pick'em for this week. I have. Uh, for the first game, Montreal beating the Red Blacks, Saskatchewan beating the Bombers at home in the Labor Day Classic. I have Hamilton beating Toronto at home, or in Hamilton. And then I have Calgary beating the Edmonton COVID at, uh, in the Battle of Alberta yeah. Part 1. <laughs> Oh, that's funny. That's funny. Well, I got we're we're close. Well, kind of. I guess we're half. I uh, I got Montreal beating Ottawa and Saskatchewan winning Labor Day. Uh, I got Toronto beating Hamilton. I just I think Toronto's defense is going to do well, and I'm picking the Edmonton COVID over Calgary because I think uh, think they're going to be well rested, and it's good. it might work out to their advantage if it if it only costs them one guy. Um, I'm going with Montreal. I think that, you know, it's, it's the, it's the whole thing. It's almost a CFL stereotype. Sask wins Labor Day, Bombers win Banjo Bowl. So I'm going Sask. Uh, I'm going Toronto over Hamilton and Calgary are going to be the COVID killers and they're going to beat Edmonton. Ooh, like it. I like it. All right. So let's jump into our game time cues. Apologies for pickup. I didn't have the records up there. We'll continue that next week, though. So, game time cues. I've got Montreal versus Ottawa first here. Who do you think has more passing yards? Uh, well, I think Vernon Adams will get by. Uh, yeah, I think I think it's going to be a tough game for Montreal, actually. Like, if Vernon struggles again, and I think he might have another struggle game. Uh, so, I think it'll be actually close, but yeah, Vernon comes out on top. Yeah, I do think that like Ottawa can obviously stun teams. They've shown that, but they do that because of how stout they are on defense, not because of their explosiveness on offense. I think Vernon Adams has this pretty handedly. No doubt. Same here. I just I think if VA is going to bounce back, this is the game to do it, even though that defense is Definitely a competitive defense. At the same time, they're going to have the ball a lot because that offense is brutal on Ottawa's side of the ball. So let's move on to the Labor Day Classic. Does Saskatchewan pick up where they left off? 
Uh, yeah, I think it like it's going to be a good game on Labor Day, but I think Saskatchewan comes out on top. And uh, yeah, they, I mean, like like Carter mentioned earlier, it's just it it'll be a back and forth. Like I think Winnipeg will win next week, but yeah, the Riders will do good this week. Um, I think Saskatchewan they stumble. I'll I'll be honest. I think Bombers lead at halftime, but I think Saskatchewan surges and brings it back. Game-winning field goal again. I don't think game-winning field goal. <laughs> I don't want to. I don't want to see that live. Oh, I do. Um, it was fun last um, year. I will say. I will say they posted it to Instagram recently, and like having a year to let it, or having two years, I guess now to let it cool off. The fact that Lar or La, how do Lother. you pronounce Lather? It is. Yeah. It is okay. You do pronounce the th. Okay. Seeing him run to like pill like to Pilner, whatever it's called. Hill Country. Yeah. Hill Country. And jump up there with the fans. I probably can't do that now, but that was yeah. pretty sick. Max. That was I don't think uh Saskatchewan steamrolls them like they've kind of been steamrolling every game since well, since they kinda of started hot uh and kind of puttered off after BC, they've kind of rolled over everybody else they played. I don't think that happens with Winnipeg unless uh, some of those guys who are familiar with Polaros can figure him out. But, yeah, I don't see Saskatchewan dominating this game either. So, I think we're in for a close one. Uh, Toronto versus Hamilton. So, does Hamilton build off their last game or does Toronto, again, kind of pick up where they left off? Yeah, uh, I think Toronto is going to I think they're going to win, but it's going to be a close game. Like It'll still be a hard-fought battle. I think Nick Arbuckle and Dane Evans, most likely, will have uh, good games. But yeah, it'll be a tough ground game for both teams. And uh, yeah, I, I think Toronto comes out on top, though, for sure. If you're a fan of just straight-up offensive firepower and you can only catch one game this week, this is the one to watch, in my opinion. Um, I think this is going to be the highest-scoring game. And I'm going to look dumb when this ends up being a single safety is scored. And that's it. <laughs> no, it's just but, a rouge. Yeah, yeah. It's one nothing. <laughs> no, there's got to be something actually interesting. Um, <laughs> but I think I think Toronto takes it. And um, I just think Nick Arbuckle looks surprisingly comfortable with Toronto right now. Yeah, he does. Uh, I'm kind of in the same boat. I think Hamilton, they'll be competitive. Will they win? Uh, since they're at home, I think that gives them an edge, and I think they edge it out against Toronto, but I think it's definitely going to be a close game, and Toronto is going to look good, but usually teams that come off the bye week do look a little bit sloppier, so uh, that's why I see Hamilton slightly taking this one. And then Edmonton versus Calgary. We are all on the same page on this, except for one of us. Uh, does Calgary dominate the COVID? Uh, no, I don't think so. I think Edmonton's going to be rested. Like James Wilder, Trevor Harris, and all those receivers, you know, the old line besides Ruby. Uh, but, you know, they're like, I think they're going to be rested. The defense should be all right. And uh, yeah, I think it's going to be a good game. But Edmonton comes out on top. I I don't think they do. I don't know. I just. Ever since week one, like, you know, everybody was touting them, and I just need to see them, like, I, now I'm just scared to give them any credit, I think. Um, so, 
I mean, I'd like to see Edmonton win, but I don't think it's going to happen. Uh, I don't think they're winning either. Uh, I think we're going to see who all has COVID with all the missings they'll have uh, for this game. And I think they will have a couple, at least one or two notable players missing for this game. So I think Calgary is just going to roll uh, on them, especially with Edmonton kind of screwing themselves after finally finding themselves. This horrible COVID thing happens. So I think they're, they kind of took two steps forward and one step back. So I think Calgary, with the momentum they've got going, and I think they just roll over the Elks. So we'll see. Yeah. On to COVID activities. For me, uh, I'm starting classes. Uni started on Monday. So I'm just grinding away at that. And so far, the classes have been better than expected, thankfully. And Oh man, yesterday I was so frustrated because if you haven't heard if you're not from Saskatchewan, uh, obviously we talked about it earlier, the riders are getting you to show proof of vaccination, so everybody's trying to get their uh, health card info from eHealth Sask, and whatever genius over there who is in charge of running this service Decided rather than, you know, I don't know, getting more people on calls or making sure their website can handle excess traffic, they they just said no to all that. We're good. And so <laughs> after I kid you not, 20 calls and probably about an hour and a half on hold, plus however long I tried to do through the website, I finally got uh and you're going to laugh at this. I got a pin. They couldn't email you your pin. They had to get it to you over the phone, which, I don't know, that's a bit ridiculous to me, but <laughs> whatever, you know. Genius, whoever decided that was a good idea. But yeah, so that's what I was doing Monday. Yeah, that, well, that sounds fun. Lots of fun. <laughs> the only other fun, I'm going to tell a little story time real quick. Yeah. So the only worse call I had than that is university here tries to screw you so hard with their healthcare because it's an opt-in system, meaning that you're, uh, or maybe it's an opt-out, I can't remember, but basically you're in the, you have to pay for healthcare even if you're covered unless you opt out. And in order to opt out, you have to call the company that runs it, which is in Quebec or some other place. So I called them a bunch of times, and every single time, uh, they'd answer and say, "Yep, yeah, I'm just here to cancel my insurance." I give them my information, and then they'd put me on hold, and then they'd hang up a couple minutes later. <laughs> I I kid you not, that was the maddest I had ever been because it like they must have been doing it intentionally because it happened probably about twelve times, and it's like if it happened once, okay, that stuff happens, but. Yo, you hang up uh, someone 12 times on hold, like, you're doing it intentionally at that point, and it was ridiculous. <laughs> so I just went to the union and said, screw this, you're gonna take me off this because I've tried these guys, and eventually they did, so. Oh, man, you just don't have luck with this stuff, hey? Yeah, God, I hate doing cold calls, and I hate calling cold calls, because the people, like, ugh, some of those people, man. Yeah, no doubt. That does not sound fun. Well, my uh, activities haven't been as exciting. I've just been uh, 
binge watching like all the Spider-Man movies again and playing Spider-Man on the PlayStation four and uh, just watching all the no way home stuff that's leaking out in the trailer again. And yeah, really excited about that. And uh, just uh, listening to Kanye West new album, Donda as much as I can too. Uh, yeah. Great yeah. album. I've been watching what if, which is the show done by Marvel and it's their newest show for the MCU. They basically take all these different premises like, what if Peggy Carter was the one who took the Captain America serum? Or what if all of the Avengers people died before Avengers happened, you know? Like, those yeah. types of things. And it's really, really interesting. And I think a new episode's going to be dropping on... Tonight? Like, tonight? Ooh, yeah, nice. like oh. two in the morning or three oh. or something. But Okay, well, it's like, it's a, it's a thing where me and my girlfriend will sit and we'll watch the... Uh, We'll watch the new episodes together. Like that's our show. So oh, it's such a good show. I'm still yeah. banging out Lucifer. I'm on uh nice. season five, like episode eleven now. I'm almost done. I gotta get up at six for work, oh, so gosh. I'll probably get up. At, I'll probably get up at five thirty so I can watch What If before I go to work. Just because then, if I if I go on the internet, it's gonna tell Spoilers. me everything about the episode. Yeah, so. That's like Spider-Man. As soon as I can buy my tickets to that movie, I, yeah, like I'm going. I, yeah. yeah. Got to go open at night. Pro tip for big movies is I remember I had The Force Awakens spoiled for me, so I was so pissed. <laughs> I remember. Oh, my God. No, I need to tell you another story here. Uh, So all of us went to go the first day it was available at the IMAX. And my cousin, uh, who's a year younger than me, is a big Han Solo fan. and. His sister isn't a huge fan of Star Wars, but it was a family thing, so we all went. And she, I can't remember, someone asked her a question, or she asked a question which Star Wars you were seeing, and she said, is this the one where Han Solo dies? And my cousin, her older brother lost it, because he didn't know, right? <laughs> and it's like, I knew, because I had seen the spoiler. I hadn't said anything. But I remember he was so pissed walking into the theater. That was absolutely the worst. So I just end up muting like keywords on Twitter for like for Endgame. I did that. I just muted everything that said Endgame on Twitter and other keywords. Just stuff like that. Uh, See, the last time I had to do something, it was the Mandalorian. I had to wait till the night to watch it. And uh that that day sucked because you couldn't go anywhere without seeing <laughs> Luke Skywalker's face and stuff. And like, oh, it was it was frustrating. But I even remember I went to uh, Endgame and the guy beside me in the line, he's like, "Yeah, I've seen Endgame four times today already." God damn. Yeah, he's like, I illegally downloaded it, and then he's like, "This is my <laughs> second time at the theater," and like he he, he could have just said like you know a couple words and it could have just ruined the whole thing. But yeah, oh, glad he didn't. Oh. <laughs> yeah, I was lucky he didn't, yeah. A good movie I recommend. You guys have all seen Shazam, right? Yes. Oh, yeah. Great movie. If if I had watched that within the week, that'd be my COVID activity, but it's oh. not. So DC fandom's coming up. That's going to be fun. Well, that's all right. I just wish one thing I want to happen is Marvel needs to bring back the Netflix shows. Bring him back on Disney Plus, though. Like, bring bring me back the Punisher. You don't gotta bring back Iron Fist. You know, Daredevil. Okay, people like Daredevil. Bring him back. You know, well, he's coming back in Spider Man. So. Oh, bro, give me the <laughs> Punisher back. 
Like me and Eminem <laughs> on the same page on this, you know? And if you don't yep. know what I mean, uh, Eminem posted on Twitter when that happened. He said, Netflix, you effed up, you know, blah, blah, blah. It's like, yeah, it did, but whatever. Anyway, that wraps up the show after that little side tangent. Um, <laughs> if you made it all the way through, thank you for listening. You can find us on Instagram and Twitter at True North CF Pod and Facebook at True North Canadian Football Podcast. You can listen to the show on Spotify, SoundCloud, YouTube, and Apple Podcast. Again, just search True North C- uh, Canadian Football Podcast. And I've been your host, Jimmy Leach. This is the True North CFL Podcast signing off.